the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Don't be shy. Call the show, 800-516-1220. Ask me for some of my favorite stocks. Call the show. Tell me some of yours and why. It's always the kicker. You have to have a good why. Otherwise, you kind of get into a little bit of a sticky wicket. Sometimes people buy stocks, and they're like, I just like that name. That's not good enough. Some people, that's like buying a house in Stockton versus buying a house in San Leandro versus buying a house in in the peninsula. You know, some are much closer to jobs and others are much further away. You want to buy a house near jobs. And a lot of them, in theory. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Don't be shy. That's the only thing you could do to fail me. I like the support. I like the extra help. So let's talk money and investing and, like, what could be the next great thing to invest in? The next great thing to invest in is always going to be cancer. Sometimes it's going to be faster Internet services, but that can come and go. Sometimes it's going to be social media, but that can come and go. The next great investment theme, it's always going to be a cancer play. Like, you're going to hear that story again and again and again and again and again. And, like, I can tell you the story about immunotherapy. It's an emerging science which offers potential for attractive returns. Uh, it could have up to $2 trillion in business. Immunotherapy is an increasingly popular cancer treatment that, roughly put, it trains the body's immune system to aggressively attack cancer cells that wouldn't ordinarily be recognized as threatening. Sounds great. Now that's considered a story stock or a story investment. Sounds like a great story, right? You got to be careful with those because we don't have what we want at this point in time. We're trying to develop it. You know, the immune system often overlooks cancer cells, but multiple types of immunotherapy have been developed in the past decade to address that. We broke the genetic code. 
many, many years ago. We can now figure out your genes pretty easily. We can now, through science and through gathering, through gene testing companies, we're starting to develop databases of like, oh, if you have this gene, then you have a 22% chance of getting lung cancer. But if you have that gene, you have none. So we're kind of learning how we can clean up the body. Now, cancer is an advanced disease. It's unfathomable. The spending per cancer patient rose between about 60% between 2010 and 2014 because of new technologies. In the end, are you going to spend more money adding a week to your life, a month to your life, a year to your life, or do you want a new phone? So there's always going to be this fascinating, like, I want to add life. I want to live longer. Now, immunotherapies can cost up to $100,000 per year per patient. Um, there's an ETF tied towards, an exchange-traded fund tied towards immunotherapy. Its ticker symbol is CNCR. It's tied towards cancer. Now, am I telling you to go do this? No. I would rather you own an ETF that's trying to get, you know, five to six, five to ten holdings in immunotherapy than to own one. When you own one, your odds of a hit or a miss, not so good. But when you own that whole trend that's trying to develop and go towards $2 trillion, if you want it to put 3% of your money into this kind of ETF, I get it. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm not allowed to do that. I don't know you. Um, but the ETF way kind of gives you some diversification. It gives you the health care. It gives you, you know, trying to cure cancer. Companies that are trying to cure cancer are going to be bought and put in this. Some names are like five prime therapeutics. Zyopharma, Kite Pharma, Insight Corporation, Celgene, Amgen, Bristol-Myers Squibb, New Leak Genetics, Macrogenics, and it has a little bit of them all. So it's not betting huge. If you take a look at the performance, there's not a lot of performance there. But again, this is a trend that you're trying to play into over time. Is it going to work out for you? Ticker symbol CNCR. I think more and more money will go towards immunotherapies and cancer therapies. I do, don't you? Or do we think we're just going to lower the price on that every year? I don't think so. This ETF came out, I'd say, late 2015. So let's say October. And it went from 25 to 30 pretty quickly, beating the stock market returns. Is this appropriate for you? I don't know. But I do know that spending to try to figure out cancer is going to go higher and not lower anytime soon. Because there's all sorts of cancers, right? And I think we probably all know someone who's passed away from cancer at this point in time, right? If you're over the age of 35, you kind of, you probably do. My dad, you know, had lung cancer that spread to his brain. That wasn't good. Um, that was bad. When cancer spreads, it's bad. But a $2 trillion industry... And, again, that's called a story. If it doesn't work out and you own one of those companies, let's say one, let's say an immunotherapy company is called XYZ. 
let's say you bought that one, and then AstraZeneca hits the home run in immunotherapy, and you're left holding XYZ, it's going to go to zero on you. So go Google immunotherapy, go take a look at that ETF, and decide, is this right for me? Is this the type of story that I want? It's growthy. If you got four or five million dollars in your retirement, it's not appropriate for you. If you're looking to build a portfolio that's diversified, it might be appropriate for you. Anyway, you see where I'm going at today with the, with the show. Um, the S&P 500, on the other hand, I think a lot of people will say, I just want to own one or two funds. It's the opposite. Here's a case where you're getting five to ten stocks that basically, it's not 500. It may sound like 500, but if Amazon, if Netflix, if Microsoft, if Apple do well, the S&P 500 does well. And guess what? It's a market-weighted index. So if Apple and Microsoft and Amazon and Netflix do poorly, the S&P 500 does poorly. So that's why you don't want, so you want to own maybe 10, 20% of the S&P 500 because it's large cap companies. But you want to get some mid-cap, and I just gave you a mid-cap cancer play. Maybe you want to go with a Vanguard Healthcare Fund, and maybe that's 10 to 20% of your portfolio. So maybe it's 15% in the Vanguard Healthcare Fund, and maybe it's 5% into a cancer area. And then maybe, what else do you need? Some small cap. Maybe you go with the Russell 2000. That's a good one. It's an index of small companies, typically in the United States, that don't have exposure to um, European markets or Asian markets, or they don't have much exposure. It's not like, you know. A Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola and McDonald's, they need Europe and Asia. So when they slow down, ouch. Uh, but a small company in the United States doesn't necessarily need Asia and Europe. So anyhow, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Send me a tweet, Rob Black Show. Jump on YouTube, take a look at some of my videos. I know I've got a, a usually large skull. Um, I do. But don't hold it against me. Just know that I have a big skull when you see me on TV. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Many, many years ago, I worked as an analyst, and that led to me opening up my own investment advisory firm, which led to me working with CFPs. Somewhere along there, I started doing radio and uh, because I would do it for free. I had to get up early and, and beat the markets. I had to get up early and study. I had to get up early and get the news. You know, markets are, are pretty hard. When that opening bell comes, it comes pretty fast. And I wanted information, because when you're handling other people's money, you didn't want to mess it up. So I had a friend who owned a radio network, and his business reporter quit. Didn't like waking up at 4 a.m. I loved it. I loved having that, you know... 4 a.m. to like 2 o'clock work day. 
I'm fine with that. Uh, with that said, that's how I got into radio. And I started with two-minute updates here, two-minute updates there. Six o'clock, uh, probably like 621 and 651. 721, 751. 821, 851. And then one day someone got snowed in at the network, and I had to talk for three hours. And people liked it. And that led to a national show. Doing a national show uh, while being an investment advisor was a lot of work. But I did the show from 7 o'clock at night to 10 o'clock at night nationwide. And I ultimately decided, you know, I wanted one market. I wanted one home. And having lived on the East Coast and having been in a, a military brat touring most of Europe, a lot of Asia as a kid, I wanted a home. And I loved the calls that I got from the Bay Area. People were smart. They were intelligent. They were uh, asking the right questions. They weren't afraid. So I chose to come to the Bay Area. It was down to the Bay Area, Portland, or Houston. Houston wasn't going to win. Too hot. I did like the women in Houston, though, because they weren't 18. They were 18. And uh, Portland visited a couple times and just too many tattoos. So I, I didn't have enough flannel. So the Bay Area won. That's the quick backstory on me. Little backstory on you. Best way for you to save money to get rich is your 401k. Later in life, after you've mastered the 401k, the 403b, the 457, you could start stretching your legs and going elsewhere. Sometimes I mix my metaphors, and instead of saying stretch your legs, I said the word spread, and the radio station got some phone calls. Sometimes I talk a little bit too quickly. When I used to make uh, coffee, I didn't know how to make coffee when I started in radio 20 years ago. It's 15 plus years ago, 17 years ago. Um, so I'd make basically four pots of coffee in one. So my my I was talking really, really, really quickly because I was jacked out of my mind on caffeine. And when you work at four in the morning, you do a radio show at seven at night, you're going to do that. Um, so the best thing in your 20s and 30s I found with your 401k is get it into stock funds or stock ETFs. Don't really play the bond game unless you're chicken, unless you're scared. I'm, I'm not calling you a name. I'm just saying if you are that, and you want to go with some bond funds and some money market funds, try not to get too fancy with it. Just try to find a, a, a large cap fund, a mid cap fund, a small cap fund. Maybe you can go with like a Fidelity 2050 fund if you're if you're 2015 and you're going to retire in 2050. Target date funds are fine. They're not rocket science. They're not going to you know you're not going to suddenly have the cure for cancer in your portfolio and it's up 400,000 percent overnight. But that's okay. You don't want that. If you ever quit a company, take the 401k with you. Um, I find that sometimes you'll leave it there and you'll forget about it. You'll move and they'll send it to your old address a couple times, old address a couple times, and then suddenly they'll say, you know, he's not there, so we're not going to contact him anymore. You forget about it. Uh, I don't like leaving the money with an old employer. And I roll that over if you're like the typical millennial, typical Generation X, you've probably had three, five, seven jobs. So you might have 357 401ks, 403Bs. I like rolling it over. I like calling Fidelity or TD Ameritrade and go, uh, I just changed my job and I have a, a, a retirement plan that I'd like to transfer to myself. And they'll walk you through it. They'll let you fill out all the forms online. They'll show you where you're signing. Super easy. Easy pleasy. 
I think bad things can happen anytime you leave a company and your 401k is there. Uh, so I take it. I don't take cash. I roll it over. You want to roll it over. You do not want to take cash because then you have to get it into a, a similar account. If it was a 401k, you got to get into it like an IRA, a qualified retirement plan that's similar uh, within a certain amount of days. Otherwise, you get punished and penalized. No, thank you. I prefer to have control over it myself versus transferring it to my new company. Um, I just like tailoring stuff to my own needs. There's a great research tool out there, and this is going to be hard for you to remember, Morningstar. Now, Morningstar.com, if you think about it, what's Rob's favorite medieval weapon? Was it a sword? No. Was it a lance? No. Was it a flail? Close. It was a Morningstar. So go to Morningstar.com, and after you've been investing for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, do their free portfolio analyzer. It's free for two weeks. It's awesome. You can punch in your whole portfolio, your age, your income, your assets, your liabilities, your time frame, your goals, your expectations, inflation rates, and it'll tell you if you're how much money you're going to retire with at that pace. It's going to tell you if you've got too much large cap. It's going to tell you if you've got too much cash. It's a good starting point to tinker with. Morningstar. What's Rob's favorite weapon? A Morningstar. I like investment clubs. I know you're saying, why do you like investment clubs? I like 10 women getting together, telling their husbands and boyfriends, I'm going to go have a ladies' night. Do it on Tuesday. Don't monopolize Thursday, Friday, Saturday, date nights. Um, I like guys doing it. Grab some beers. Lord knows you don't have to watch Monday Night Football to bond with a guy. Talk about your investments. Talk about your 401ks. Tell them, you know, your dad made millions owning GE. When he bought it when he was 20, he held it for 60 years. That's a good lesson to tell. Tell people like, yeah, my dad messed up. He uh, took money out of our house, bought another house, bought another house, bought another house. We lost all four houses. He worked literally, in his case, till the day he died. And he left his family, his wife, who's had two strokes, in a bad scenario. And his two kids in a bad scenario. Wasn't enough life insurance? There was none. They had to do a, a Kickstarter to raise money for a coffin. So share your stories with other people. I think investment clubs once a month is a great idea. And you don't have to make it formal and you don't have to buy stuff. But for instance, if you have an account at Fidelity and I have an account at TD Ameritrade, and let's say we're interested in buying Facebook, you can go to your account, I can go to my account, and I can get research. Mine from Standard Poor's, maybe yours comes from the street, or maybe yours comes from Argus, or yours comes from Bloomberg. More information, the more informed you are. Don't be afraid of having a, a guy's night out. You don't have to go bowling. You can still drink beer and talk stocks. I know you're saying, Rob, you are a lot of fun. I know. I just wish other people would see that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
I'm Rob Black. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I'm Rob Black. Giddy up, cowboy. I don't know what to say sometimes. What comes out of my mouth, uh, it's cathartic. I, I feel like I've just seen a therapist when the show ends. Usually I, I walk out and I'm exhausted. I probably have a personality disorder that talking helps balance out and make my life a little bit more normal. If I didn't have that outlet, I'd be in trouble. A couple um, magazines and books that I like, um, I think, can help you. There's one called Death of Competition. It's a book. And it teaches you, the author's last name is Moore. I want to say it's James Moore, M-O-O-R-E, but it's called The Death of Competition. It teaches you how to look at the ecology of business and like why Walmart was successful and Kmart failed. And I think that's important. I think learning that Facebook has an ecology and trying to think of it will help you. Should you invest in um, Facebook or not? You start looking at the ecology. Are they the 800-pound gorilla? In social media, they are. So it's, it's helpful to learn leadership and strategy in ecosystems, in my opinion. So the guy's name is James F. Moore. And you can get, you know, the book's cheap as a penny. It's used. You'll have to pay like $5 in shipping. Uh, I don't buy books new unless maybe if I've had some head trauma. Uh, maybe if I've just been in a boxing match with Mike Tyson. I'm like, I need a new book. I'll get it used or I'll get it paperback. Those of you who buy the hardcovers, just so you can feel it in your hands as it's new. And it smells new. There's something mentally wrong with your financial saving brain. But don't let that stop you. I just want you to educate yourself as much as you can. Another good book out there, in my opinion, is by the other um, Moore. Gordon, not Gordon Moore. Um, it's called Gorilla Game. And I think Gorilla Game was published early on in the first dot-com era. Um, but it taught you how analysts look at companies and how to pick winners in high tech. It was done by Jeffrey Moore. So James Moore and Jeffrey Moore. You know, had you invested $10,000 in Cisco back in 1990, your investment would be worth $3.6 million. $10,000 in Microsoft in 1986 would be $4.7 million. And I can go back to 1986 when Microsoft launched, or 1985 when when was it? Oh, I guess 1995. Uh, when uh, Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones, Windows 95. And you could see that before that, as they were starting to put Windows together, they would take features that other people had and they would just steal them. Um, I'm not telling you that's you know a wise thing to do, but just kind of learning what leaders look like. Amazon's clearly a leader. They're dominating what they're doing. They're 20% of online retail. Do you think they're still investable? Oh, look at their P.E. They're the most expensive stock out there. If that scares you, consider doing it the other way. And what I mean by that is put them on a list, and if the market goes down, it'll go down. Take a look at the last 10 years. There's been buying opportunities. So heading, you know, anytime you look at, like, holiday shopping, you're always going to talk about Amazon and Walmart. 
Amazon's got 20% market share of all all online spending. They've got something that's pretty powerful, a lot like the way uh, Apple's got something that's pretty powerful. Amazon's got your credit card online, so you can go in one-click shop. Same thing with Apple, with iTunes. And that database of credit cards and database of getting you to spend, it's pretty darn powerful. Anyway, I think I'm digressing. Um, other sources of, of reading material, um, there's a book called Eft Companies. It's F apostrophe D Companies. And it's a little book. It tells, shows you all the companies in 2000 that were just bad ideas that would eventually go out of business. And it kind of reminds you, like Pets.com, they had a, a sock puppet during a Super Bowl commercial. E-Trade during a Super, commercial, Super Bowl commercial did a day trading uh, story. And it had a monkey on a rocket going to the moon. Woo! You too could be like monkey going to the moon with a rocket of investments. Like, woohoo! Um, I like looking at companies that failed because it teaches me, like, sometimes your ideas may sound great, but they too can go bad. Um, valued investing a balanced approach, value investing a balanced approach, book that I have on my, uh, office, value investing with a master's, another one. Um, I think it's worth reading. There's a, if you ever can type in these names into the internet and, and kind of like play with their Wikipedia pages or data about them. There's a guy named Peter Lynch. Uh, he ran the greatest mutual fund of all time, Fidelity Magellan, which oddly enough, more people lost money on than made money because people bought high and sold low. But anything that he wrote was a pretty good read. And it kind of got you, it, not, it didn't teach you how to make millions. It taught you, it taught you, teached you. Seriously, someone needs to slap me. Do we have a slapping sound effect? Okay, so Peter Lynch taught you, you know, that investing can be approached as, like, okay, go to your mall, talk to your kids. What is everyone buying? Um, like, maybe the opposite effect of once you've seen a grandmother with an iPhone, maybe it's time to sell Apple. But if you see kids say, you know, we don't go to Hot Topic anymore, now we're going to Forever 21 then maybe it's time to take a look at, maybe that's a trade. I don't really like apparel retail because teenagers are kind of fickle. Um, and it bothers me a little bit. So, and then you get into like older woman apparel and it's like, it's pretty hit or miss. And then you could always go coach or you can go Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, or you can go uh, Michael Kors. Like there's so many options and it's so competitive you got to be very, very careful when it comes into retail. I like the companies like Home Depot, because who's their competitor? Lowe's. And who's Lowe's competitor? Home Depot. So when you play the housing market retail game, the Monopoly board is half Home Depot, or maybe 45% Home Depot, maybe 40% Lowe's, and maybe 15% Mom and Pops. And Amazon doesn't really creep into that territory. So studying people like Peter Lynch may help you. Studying people like Warren Buffett, he likes cash flow. He invests in some of the most horrible companies in the world. Coca-Cola, blah. They make sugary drinks, right? Dairy Queen, they make sugary ice cream. What do they have in common? They both make a lot of cash. He likes cash flow. He likes other things. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to speak for him. You go search Warren Buffett. 
There's a guy named Benjamin Graham who shows numbers he used, like P.E., and things that he likes. And you're talking going back 60, 70 years when Benjamin Graham was someone to, was, was live and working. But his value approach kind of still works today. It doesn't work when there's like a go-go boom going on, like the 95 to 2000. It doesn't work then. Or the social media where we're saying, okay. Or we look at Amazon and go, yeah, they've got a P of 100. But you can't value that. You can't value when you own 20% of online spending. You can't value it. It's, it's, it's tough to say, ooh, I think we could pay 25 times earnings for that. It's too early. There's also a guy that I like enormously called O'Shaughnessy, James O'Shaughnessy. And I'm not good at spelling Irish names, so I'll let you figure that one out. He was a quantitative guy. He looks at numbers, price-to-sales ratio. So he'd look at like a Microsoft and compare it to Oracle, basically calling them both software companies. Or maybe an Oracle and an old company called PeopleSoft, or Oracle and an old company called Siebel. And he'd, say, he'd see which one was growing faster and what you were paying for a price-to-sales ratio, price of the stock versus its sales. Those were things that, you know, I ate up. Like Jello, or like pudding. Everybody loves pudding. Yeah, having Bill Cosby as a pudding spokesperson probably, in hindsight, wasn't the best idea. Or maybe it was, because I could still can tie him to the product, right? I look at investing as a plan. It takes a plan. I look at it as running. I like to distance run. I run five to six miles a day. I call that distance running. You probably call a marathon a distance run. But if I sprint in my first mile, I'm no good for my second mile. So I like steady. Yeah, I'll do a, a fast mile. You know, I'll go for like an eight-minute mile, then a nine-minute mile, then back to eight. I'll try to finish with a sprint because, like, that's fine. I, I don't have to run another mile after I hit my five or six. But it's very thought out. Your investing should be very thought out. Where you should be at age 30, where you should be at age 40, where you should be at age 50. Those are your mileposts. Quit worrying about 31. Worry about 30 and 40. Don't worry about 44. Worry about 40 and 50. A year or two bad years in the market, it's not going to sink your plan if you have the long distance there. It's like taking a fast mile and a slow mile. It takes a plan. Don't watch your money grow. On a, on a daily basis, don't log in. I look at my money on a quarterly basis, and I could honestly live with looking at it on an annual basis or a biannual basis. Your milepost should be big numbers. $40,000, $100,000, $500,000, a million dollars investable assets. Investing's not fun. It takes a plan, and it's like a distance run. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I appreciate it. I pledge that if you listen, I will do my best to give you as most honest answers to financial questions to have. I promise to try not to get you into any trouble. If I see BS, I'm going to call BS. I think annuities are sold to average people, and they shouldn't be. Index universal life, variable life, equity indexed, it's all crap product. I find people like Tony Robbins and Robert Kiyosaki to be giving really generic bad advice. They're not financial experts. They're speakers. They sell books. They try to convince you, the average person, to participate. Don't trust Wall Street. I'm not saying trust Wall Street. I'm saying learn to do this on your own. It's really easy. I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millionaires from people just taking advantage of their 401k for 20 or 30 years. I see people who are barely, you know, skimping to get by, you know, pull in three, four hundred thousand dollars in their 401k over their lifetime, investment lifetime of age 20 to 60. And that's a lot of money for a person who's just barely getting by. You combine that with some other smart decisions in your life and you do have enough money to last till the day you die. I want you to have a million dollars before you quit your work. Because that should be able to pay you $40,000 a year until the day you die. Combine that with Social Security at, say, roughly 20. After you pay taxes at, you know, that $60,000, it's going to be more like $40,000. So that's not a lot of money. You know, suddenly you're looking at $2,000, $3,000 a month. And that's great if you have a house paid off. But don't forget, two, $3,000 like groceries. Do you remember when, like, a $75 grocery trip was a lot, and then it was, like, 100 then it was 150 and sometimes you're like, whoa, $200 for groceries? Am I feeding an army or just, you know, a family of two or three? It can get up there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. So the people like Tony Robbins and Robert Kiyosaki and people in radio and television, late-night commercials, the two midgets selling real estate in Hawaii. The people say, selling software. This is my favorite. I'm going to sell you software for $4,000. But it, well, they don't even tell you that. I've got software to sell. And you get this amazing free trial. But then you find out it's like a disc that they send you that you have to pay shipping and handling on. And if you don't decide to buy the $4,000 package, it costs like $800 to return it. The secret to earning 20% with no risk. There, you're going to have risk. The secret to earning 10% with no risk, you're going to have risk, but you have time on your side. Historically, the market's average 8 to 10% returns. 8% plus 2 to 3% with dividends. If I had the secret to earning 20% a year, I'm not going to tell you. Because that's, that's twice as good as the stock market. It's exponentially higher. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to get all the money from my friends and family. I'm going to make as much money as I can. I'm going to own a small island. On my small island, I'm going to have a basketball league of only four-foot-tall people and myself. Coming in at six-foot-two, center and all-star, Rob Black. I'm going to dunk on these guys. I'll lower the, the, the hoop a little bit so I can dunk. But you get the idea. If I had software that 
when it's red light, you sell, and it's green light, you buy. I'm buying nuclear bombs. I'm going to be Dr. Evil. I'm going to have sharks with lasers. If there was software that had a red light to sell and a green light to buy, I'm in. You know what? It doesn't exist. The sales tactics of these people hide behind free speech. They hide behind a teeny tiny little print that you never look at. And that's unfortunate. If you take a look at the Forbes 100 wealthiest people, you won't see any red lights, green light software people on it. And you would think you would, because if it was that easy, you'd be worth billions. If you could double your money every you know 90 days, you'd be on this list. Take a look at how people make their money or how they become wealthy. There's no market timers. Sometimes they do it through oil. Sometimes they do it through technology. Sometimes they do it through investing like Warren Buffett. Sometimes they do it through inheritance. Sometimes their, their mommy and daddies bought a lot of real estate 60, 70 years ago. So you, you kind of want to combine some of these things. There's a, a great kid's book. I think it's called The Ugly Duckling and Fairly Other Stupid Tales. Let's see what it's called. Ugly Duck and Fairly... Let's see, let's see if that's what it's called. Ugly Duckling. Uh, no, The Stinky Cheese Man and Other Fairly Stupid Tales. It's written by a guy named John Shishka. That's close. It was published in 1992. It's one of my favorite books. It's fantastic to read to children. Um, you know, the star of the book is Jack and the Beanstalk. And... There's a little red hen that comes in to complain that no one's helping to make her bread. Chicken Lickin' believes the sky is falling. The gingerbread man, he gets eaten. <laughs> it's fantastic. But the reason I'm bringing this up, again, is to, is to point out ugly duckling investments typically grow up to be even uglier investments. So a great book for kids under the age of six, The Stinky Cheese Man for Christmas. Um, so once upon a time, there was an ugly investment, and it typically is going to be an ugly investment. You don't wait for it to turn into something wonderful. It's not going to. Market timing's a scam. Show me one market timer worth $10 million. Show me someone who turned $10,000 into a million with newsletters or software. I'll pay that person six figures for the next 40 years. Market timing is the opposite of diversification. Uh-uh. If it sounds too good to be true, avoid. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We'll talk soon. Find me online at robblack.com. Tweet me, Rob Black Show. YouTube me, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.